Welcome to Build a Life After Loss, where we help women who have lost children to build a life of purpose and joy. I'm your host, Julie Clough, Certified Grief Recovery Specialist and Life Coach. Hello friends, welcome to episode 6, Choose Hope. This is an entreaty to choose hope. So today we're going to talk about what is hope and how can we possibly have hope in our situation and how can we develop or build our hope. I And I actually hope that during this episode that you will want to build your hope, that you will feel a desire to do that. Before we get started, though, I wanted to talk to you about something uh, a little off topic. I always, always want to honor your path. When I offer these ideas on this podcast, it's in general and not specific to you. I never want you to listen and feel that I'm saying this or that is how you should think or act or be. I'm offering ideas for actions you may want to take, and I'm offering ideas on ways to possibly think about things differently. I hope that as you listen, you'll look for things that are helpful for you, for you personally, and not that I or anyone else expects that you'll adopt everything that's presented. That was never my intention. I did not want to be another person in your life saying, get better, do this, do that. That is not the intention at all. It's just something, it's just ideas to choose from. For example, when you go to buy a new dress, you don't walk in and tell the clerk, I'll take everything you've got. (laughs) No, you try on a few things. You look at what's appealing to you. And as you try them on, you decide what works, what you think looks fantastic and feels fantastic. And those are the things that you choose. And that's how I want you to view the material here. Pick out a few ideas that seem appealing. Try them on. See what feels good and right to you. Will you promise me that you'll do that, please? I really appreciate it. Okay, so let's take a look at hope. It's often said that pain is real, but so is hope. So what exactly is hope? The dictionary definition is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. If we keep our hope alive, we literally light the feeling of expectation In terms of our grief, what do we desire to happen? Early in our grief, I think we hope we could somehow go back in time, which we know we can't, but we want to somehow go back in time and change things, bring back our son or our daughter. Many would would identify this as the denial stage. And if that's what it is, it doesn't last long because it's pretty quick that we figure out that that's not going to happen. The Kubler-Ross model on the five stages of grief is an outline of the emotional state of ill patients following a terminal diagnosis. Often we connect this model, the the Kubler-Ross five stages of grief, with the grief of loss and death. It really wasn't intended to be that way. We won't spend a lot of time talking about that, but I just want to mention that. So then after that, then we hope we can survive this minute. We, we, we hope that we can desire this hour of this day. Then we expand to surviving the month, the upcoming holiday, the year. And then we wonder if that's all, if our life is reduced to survival and just going through the motions, or if there's more, is there more for us to expect? Early on, you may have had a vague memory of having personal dreams for the future. And a lot of those dreams may have been 
washed away. If those dreams were a helium balloon, it's as if you have let them go and watched them fly away. I homeschooled my kids for 15 years. Before the accident, I was very involved in homeschooling. In fact, I was the the leader of our support group. And, and I was busy supporting other moms who wanted to homeschool their children as well. And I spoke at homeschool conferences to support parents in their homeschooling adventure. I really thought that after my kids were grown, that I would continue to support homeschoolers. I really thought that that's what I wanted to do after my children were grown. After the accident, I had no interest in doing that at all. I had no interest in homeschooling at all. I actually continued to homeschool my boys and we we did so successfully. But as far as being involved in support groups and so forth, I just was not interested in that. It's one of the many secondary losses that I experienced. Maybe you've experienced some of those things too, that your interests are changed, your desires have changed. But just because my dreams have changed, does that mean that it's hopeless for me? I don't think so. And the same for you. Just because your dreams have changed, that doesn't mean that it's hopeless for you either. Don't you think? I definitely think that there is so much hope for a wonderful life. Does it mean that you will never experience hopes and dreams again or desire or a desire to pursue a purpose? Again, I don't think so. We so frequently hear you can never get over the loss of a child. We hear it so often that it's easy to believe that you can never have a joyful, fulfilling life again. Blanket statements like, you will carry this grief forever. You never stop grieving your child. These keep us in a place of hopelessness. For sure, there's definitely truth in each of these statements. Life will never be the same. Absolutely, life will never be the same. But can it still be good, even great? I absolutely think so. You will carry this sadness forever in some form, but it won't necessarily necessarily be all-consuming like it was in the beginning, and you can experience joy again. You never stop grieving your child. Yes, you will always, always miss your child, but active mourning can lessen as you process your loss. You can never get over the loss of a child. Again, you will always miss your child. But does that mean in order to prove your love and devotion devotion to them that you need to be in ashes the rest of your life? What happens if we believe we will never get over the loss of our child? What if we believe that the pain and the grief will always be so strong and enabling that we can't function? What actions do we take if we believe there is no recovery? If we believe there is no recovery, what is the motivation for finding a better way? A better way to love and remember, a better way to honor the life of our child, and a better way to honor our own life. But if we believe we can build a great life and that there is a great future ahead of us, how does it change our feelings and actions? I want to suggest that it makes all the difference. We don't have to know the timeline or even know how exactly it's going to happen to have this tremendous hope for our future. While I was putting this episode together, a friend posted something that got right to the heart of it. Winslow said, before we can change anything, we have to believe it's possible. And that is so true. Another mom who lost her precious baby boy eight years ago wrote, the moments that followed 
after the death of her child were the darkest, most darkest moments of our lives. The fear and desperation was all consuming and indescribable, and we survived. We shattered. We lost our ever-loving minds. We fell to the bottom of the deepest, darkest abyss, and still we survived. She continued, you will too. Whatever your pain, whatever the impossible path that reaches out before you, you will survive because you are made of light and light will always overcome the darkness and you are made of love and love will always win. Isn't that beautiful? Just that just touched my heart so much. Her beautiful words about that horrible moment when she lost her son and then the wonderful love and light that she's found these eight years later. I'm certified as a grief recovery specialist, and I want to share with you a paragraph from the Grief Recovery Handbook. It says, what do you mean by recovery? Recovery means feeling better. Recovery means claiming your circumstances instead of your circumstances claiming you and your happiness. Recovering is finding new meaning for living without the fear of being hurt again. Recovery is being able to enjoy fond memories without them precipitating painful feelings of regret or remorse. Recovery is acknowledging that it is perfectly all right to feel sad from time to time and to talk about those feelings no matter how who no matter how those around you react. Recovery is being able to forgive others when they say or do things that you know are based on their lack of knowledge about grief. Recovery is one day realizing that your ability to talk about the loss you've experienced is indeed normal and healthy. Don't all those things sound so appealing? Finding new meaning for living, enjoying fond memories, feeling sad from time to time, and being able to talk about those feelings, forgiving others for what they say and do, and talking about your loss. One way to have hope for your future is to look to the example of others. Who do you know that has overcome adversity and is doing well? I loved reading biographies of the heroes in history to my children growing up. Without exception, without exception, you think about any hero from history, they seem to overcome so much and yet they contributed so much. I always cried reading those stories to my children and they made fun of me, but hopefully they learned that crying is okay. So how do we expand our hope? Here's some ideas. Recognize your wins. Each day, think about the things that went well for you. What we focus on expands. So recognize those wins. Take stock. Make a list. Every day, make a list of your wins of the day. Another thing you can do is try to have some fun. That's different from for everyone, but find something you find fun to do. My go-to fun is playing tennis. Even at the time of my loss, just a few months after the loss, I went back to playing tennis Was it nerve-wracking? Yes, it was, but I'm so grateful that I did it. It was a moment where I could forget about my troubles and just really enjoy that moment and that fun. Another thing that I enjoyed doing was crafting, and I really enjoyed that. It was something that I would do with my friends, and I just really got into my craft. I, I made a lot of paper crafts, card making, and so forth. 
Another thing you can do is just take care of yourself no matter what. You matter. Are you getting enough rest? Are you finding those things that are fun to do? Are you taking care of the things that matter? Yourself. Another thing to do is journal. Now, this isn't your typical type of journaling. When I talk about journaling in this manner, one of the things that you can do to expand your hope is to get out on paper those things that are bothering you. Rather than taking it out on the people around you, you get it out on paper. And this is not a journal for people to read. This is a journal to just write down those feelings that you, those strong feelings that you have that you don't want to express to people. Another thing you can do is volunteer. Find a way of giving back. When we focus on others, again, it takes our minds off of our own troubles and it gives us an opportunity to have that great feeling of giving back. I'll give you a couple examples of things that I've done as far as volunteering goes. Well, one was in my homeschool group. I was still involved in the homeschool group and I did a little bit of volunteering there. But after the accident, I just, I wasn't as interested in that. But uh, some of the things that I've done is I volunteered at my church. Uh, maybe there's a class to be taught or an event coming up that can, that they need help with. Uh, another thing that I did was I went to my local library in Houston and I volunteered as an English as a second language teacher. It was an awesome experience. They gave us, they gave me all the materials to teach the curriculum that is. And then they gave me some training and then I went in once a week and taught a class of um, non-English speakers to speak English. And believe it or not, I don't speak any other languages. I only speak English. And it was a great experience because even just as an English speaker, I was able to help those because of the curriculum. I was able to help those that didn't speak English. I, I remember one day I walked into the class and there was a new student that arrived and she'd gotten there a few minutes early, probably getting there early so she would know exactly where she was supposed to be. And when she came in the door, she said to me in her very broken English, is this the English class? And I said, yes, you're in the right place. And then she started rapidly speaking to me in Spanish. And I turned to her and I said, I'm so sorry, I don't speak Spanish. And she looked panicked. Like, how in the world is this woman that doesn't speak Spanish going to teach me to speak English? But believe it or not, it works. And it was a beautiful experience. I really enjoyed that. Another thing that you can do to increase your hope is find connection. Maybe it's at your church. Maybe it's in your neighborhood. I love books. So I joined a book club. Um, I also had a group of friends that had a game night once a month. And we got together and we went to a different house each month and enjoyed good food and that connection and just played a simple game. If you're familiar with Bunko, we played Bunko and it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. So I want to offer that the right thought work and action with the right thought work and action, you can dream again. Life can be different and wonderful. It won't be the same, but it can also be wonderful. Remember, if you keep your hope alive, you can light the feeling of joyous expectation. I hope you'll choose hope. I hope this gives you some ideas on some things that you can do to increase your hope for the future. 
Thanks for joining me today. Remember to subscribe to Build a Life After Loss in your podcast app so you can join me every Wednesday. Have a beautiful week.